Hey guys, it's RJ and Angie, and this is the Rich by Intention podcast. Our guest today is Sammy Womack. Sammy is a budgeting coach, podcast host, and the brains behind A Sunny Side Up Life, a platform that helps women break free from survival mode and gain financial freedom. In this episode, we discuss how Sammy and her husband paid off $490,000 in under four years and what they teach their young daughters about money. We hope you're inspired by this episode and Sammy's story. As always, thank you for tuning into this episode and don't forget to leave a review. Get our free cheat sheet to get on the same page about money with your partner by clicking the link below. Thanks for tuning in. So Sammy, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So excited. We are excited to have you. You know, for those who may not know you, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So I'm Sammy. I'm from a sunny side up life. I've been over there kind of started with like sharing our just personal journey, like a lot of people in the debt-free community did about five years ago. And then it kind of gradually turned into, you know, people asking for advice. And I was like, Hey, you know, I should start a blog. I should start a podcast. Oh, I should start coaching. And so now I'm a budgeting coach. I've been coaching one-on-one clients for the past couple of years. You know, I've had a course for four years now. It's just kind of grown from there. Our debt-free journey started about seven years ago. And, you know, we really, we kind of had this like rock bottom moment. It was, it got really scary there for about a year or two. And we kind of have gotten ourselves out of about $490,000 worth of debt. And, you know, I've done all of this with my husband. We've been married for 13 years. We've been together for 18 years since high school. We have three daughters. They're 10, 8, and 6. We homeschool them. And we live basically in the middle of nowhere in East Texas. And that's kind of us in a nutshell, really. Wow. Okay. Wait, hold on. $490,000. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't hear anything after you said that number. Like, that is impressive. Very it impressive. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was actually three pieces of real estate. So we had two houses in there and a raw piece of land that I was going to build a business on and my business failed. I didn't get approved for a small business loan. And now I'm like stuck with this piece of real estate and people tell you, you know, invest in real estate. Like that's what you hear. Okay. But don't do that when you have like no savings and you're buried in debt. That's not a good idea. And so we kind of got stuck in that trap because we're like listening to other people but we're kind of listening to broke people and it didn't turn out great for us. And with the two houses, it was kind of that situation where we decided we're going to upgrade in house, but we're going to keep our old house and we're going to turn it into a rental property. Again, don't do that. If you have no money in savings, that's not a great idea. And so that's kind of how we got stuck in it. And we were like, Oh wait, this is a lot of responsibility. Plus we had regular credit cards, medical debt. We had all kinds of taxes it just, it added up very quickly. And like a lot of people, we really didn't know how out of control it was until kind of that setting new year's goals kind of thing. I sat down, I'm like crying. I'm like, Oh, how do I, (laughs) this isn't the dream. You know, we, we were dating in high school and we had all these dreams. We had several, several years, maybe I think like seven years together before we had kids. So we had all these dreams and we kind of woke up and we're like, this is it. 
the way it was supposed to go. <laughs> and we got to like hit, hit the pause button and we're like, all right, we're going to kind of refresh this and start over. So yeah, it was a lot of debt. <laughs> wow. That is, yeah. you know, we're definitely going to dig into that. But what stood out to me when, when you were speaking was that you are married, you are running a business and you homeschool three children. That is impressive also, you know, like just as a mother myself. So I definitely want to hear how you're able to do all of that. Like, how are you You able to balance all of that? I don't know a lot of times, honestly. (laughs) It's just kind of one of those things. Also, the cherry on top of all of that is that my husband works offshore. So he's actually gone three weeks at a time and then home three weeks out of a time. So it's a lot of, yeah, we do my, me and my girls, we do a lot of life together. I I've told people that it's kind of like a crazy sorority house that my husband comes home to sometimes. <laughs> and it's just, you know, kids everywhere, but we live this kind of non-traditional lifestyle. Like we do school in between my coaching calls. You know, we go on camping trips when he's home. It's just, it's really, it's really great. It's a little chaotic sometimes, but it's really great to like, get to spend a lot of quality time with our kids. And yeah, they learn a lot of life kind of with us, which is really great. That's amazing. And I'm sure, you know, the fact that you're in this position where you can kind of live life on your terms, you're able to do that because you got control of your finances. And that's the freedom that, you know, just getting control gives you. Definitely. Yeah. Now we get to actually, when he's home, we get to kind of have this vacation kind of always in a way, you know, something that we couldn't do back when we were buried in debt. And now when he's home, you know, we can go on camping trips. We have, we have an RV, we have a boat, all that we've cash flowed over the past few years. So we spend a good chunk of our time. We spend like basically the whole summer at the lake. We get to go camping all the time, you know, stuff like this that I'm like, the average person gets to do this like maybe once a year we get to do this all the time. And I'm like, man, this is the dream. This is living life to the fullest. And so that's kind of what I encourage people to do. It's like, what is your dream life? How can we work backwards and like make that happen? And that's kind of what we, what we did. I love it. So, so, okay. You have this $490,000 of debt. You and your husband are, I guess, sitting on your sofa, Like what is going on? Like, what was that moment? Like, like at what point were you like, okay, something's got to give, we have to get rid of this. Well, ours was a little bit even worse than that. So our middle daughter just turned eight, just a couple days ago, actually. And our rock bottom moment was actually a couple days before she was born. And of course he was at work. He was in New York at the time. He works um, in the Harbor in New York city a lot. And we're all the way in East Texas. So he's all the way on the other side of the country. I am like two days away from having our second kid. And I also have an almost three-year-old at home. And we didn't have enough money for him to fly home. Even though she was a planned baby. And you're like, uh, hello, <laughs> you're somebody's parent at this point. And we couldn't afford, you know, a last minute flight is like eight, $900. And we, we didn't have the money for it even though we knew that she was coming (laughs) and you look back, you're like, that was, that was kind of dumb. But at the moment we didn't have the money. So we maxed out our last credit card. We had like maybe $300 available, but it let us go over because it was just like one transaction. It accepted it and he got to come home. He didn't, he didn't miss her birth or anything, but that was kind of the moment where I was like, 
we're somebody's parents and this is how we're living. And like, we're repeating the cycle that both of us grew up broke. You know, I grew up with my parents filing bankruptcy. He grew up with his parents, like getting vehicles repossessed. Like that was both of our norms in our childhood. And we're like, oh, we're repeating the cycle. Oops. You know, and it was kind of like this just moment of we got to, we got to do something. And so our rock bottom moment was actually me alone (laughs) two days before I gave birth crying on the kitchen floor. And he's on the literal other side of the country. It was rough. It was rough. And then it even took us maybe nine, 10 months after that moment to actually get brave enough to add up our debt. Cause I didn't want to know, I knew our credit cards were maxed out, but I didn't really want to know the rest of it, the real estate, the medical bills, the taxes, all of it. And I was kind of in the throes of like postpartum depression. I had really bad postpartum depression with our second. And so it took like 10 months of being at kind of rock bottom, very dark place. And I finally got to that point. So it was, it was rough. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is, it's not easy, (laughs) right? Like I laugh about it now, but it was really terrible. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, 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 I know that we can definitely relate to that. You know, like it's, it's definitely a challenge, like especially being pregnant, (laughs) you know, and like, and your spouse is across the country, like that is a lot. And then like just the burden of the finances and, you know, like that is, that is a lot on, on one person, you know, it really is. Yeah. So it took 10 months to finally start, you know, the process of looking at your debt. Like what was, what, what actually got you to that point? Like, what was that moment where you're like, okay, we have to start making this change. Yeah. So it was really, we kind of, it was about October when, when I kind of started a a budget, It, it was like a really, a really basic budget. And it was kind of just like at first tracking our spending and really kind of realizing like our grocery budget is out of control. Our restaurant budget is out of control, like a lot of people. And I kind of just tracked our spending for a couple months. And then the new year rolls around. It's January and I've got all of this like new year motivation. And I'm still such a new year's junkie. Like I just love that little fresh new year energy that it gives you. and. So the new year rolled around and I was like, you know what? This is our year. This is our year. I finally sat down and I added it all up. And again, so by that point, when I actually added it up, it had almost been a full year. And I tell people now, I'm like, please don't drag your feet like I did. I was so scared. And I was also scared of who will I be if I don't have this struggle to identify as, you know? And it was just, it was so embedded in our childhood. It was so embedded in our family, both sides, that I was like, people are supposed to be broke. Like regular people live paycheck to paycheck. Regular people have credit card debt. Regular people have mortgages. And it was almost like, I'm going to lose a part of myself if I try to break out of this norm. And I finally kind of got brave enough. And I'm like, you know what? I don't really care. We're, we got to do this anyway. So I basically spent a whole year in there kind of dragging my feet and I, I wasted so much time. You know how much progress I could have made in that first year if I wouldn't have been scared. But it, you know, it all happens in its own timing. And so it was just kind of that new year spark that did it for me. And then I ran with it. And then it really, it went really fast after that, after I finally was like, okay, I'm not scared. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's so true. Often the first step is the hardest step. And sometimes it's just, we have to take the initiative. We have to do it, you know, we have to do it anyway, right? Do it afraid. 
do it afraid and take that first step because action is really what separates, you know, the people who achieve the goals from the people who, who don't. But I'm curious, you know, you had this New Year's resolution, you had this New Year's excitement, but how did you get your husband on board to start this journey? Ooh, okay. That's a whole nother story. So he, <laughs> you know, like I said, he works offshore. And so he sacrifices a lot for our family. You know, he spends half the year away from us. He's missed birthdays. He's missed Christmases. He's missed funerals. He's missed a lot of stuff. And he kind of at first had this mindset of, I work too hard for this money. Like when I come home, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to relax. I'm going to, you know, buy what I want. I deserve it. And my thought was, well, well, he does work hard. He does deserve it. And so that held us back for a long time. And I kind of, I, I can, took control of what I could control. I took control of like our groceries. I took control of like our restaurant budget. I really was like scorched earth kind of budget when he was at work. And I was like, well, I at least can control that. You know, the girls and I can like have cheap dinners and not really go out when he's, when he's at work. And that won't really bother him and it can be fine. You know, I could like thrift for the girls' clothes. I could do stuff like that that I had control over. But there was still a lot of he was kind of pulling in the other direction for a long time. And it, it eventually, after he started to see the progress, after I kind of chipped away at a few debts, he was like, hey, this is kind of working. <laughs> he was like, maybe she's onto something. And then what really, really got him on board was I, you know, being the budgeting nerd that I am, I made a long-term goals list. I did all the math and I was like, hey, if we applied X number of dollars extra to our debt, we could be here by this date. We could be here by this other date. And I said, what, you know, what, what do you want? What would you buy? And he was like, I'd really love to have a boat. We grew up on the lake. You know, we have lakes in every direction of where we live. And he's like, I've always wanted a boat. And I said, okay, let's buy a boat then. And he's like, what? And so I put it in the list. I was like, okay, after we pay off all these debts, it's going to be this number of years until we get to it. And then we can buy a boat. And then what really did it was when we actually bought that boat, when we cash flowed our first boat, which it was like a $5,000, 30-year-old boat. You know, we're not talking about a yacht or anything, but we had the boat. We were actually like living in our dream. And he was like, hey, this is pretty cool. <laughs> We had that first cash flowed boat and there was no going back after that because he was like, okay, this is awesome. And then, you know, we just got to cash flow more and more things. And then about maybe it's been like three years now, he got the biggest thing we've ever cash flowed is his diesel truck. He went and cash flowed a $25,000 truck of his dreams and got to go in the dealership and his best moment of his entire life, like probably even above the day our kids were born, he got to go in the dealership and the guy's like, you know, are you using your bank or our bank? And he's like, oh, I'm using my bank. And the guy's like, oh, okay, like, do you have financing secured? He's like, no, 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 no. I'm going down the street. I'm going to get cash. Like, I'm going to get a cashier's check. I'm using my bank. And the guy's like jaw hit the floor. And he's like, yeah, I'll be right back. And went and got a cashier's check for 25 grand. And he's like, that was the best moment of my entire yeah, life. You know, that's a boss and, move, right? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a boss move. And coming from, you know, a kid who watched his parents get vehicles repossessed to be able to be that guy that gets to walk in the dealership and be like, cash, here you go. <laughs> you know, But it, it took, you know, we're talking several years where it like gradually, but for us, we had to get on the same page of like long-term where do we want to be and how can we work backwards to get there? And after he slowly started to see some of the things coming to fruition and like actually happening, 
he's like, Hey, she's, she's onto something. <laughs> and now he'll be the first one to preach to like his coworkers, anybody that will listen, y'all need a budget. Y'all need to talk to my wife. Are you, do, are you contributing to your 401k? Like he's, he's totally on board, you know, you know, so like, it takes time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, that's amazing. You know, and yeah. something that you said, you know, that I think a lot of our listeners can maybe even take, you know, practice themselves is that, it's not always easy to get the other person on board, but what I like that you did is that you did what you could control at Mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. And by you just kind of, you know, working in your sphere of control, it allowed you to produce results that were tangible to your husband. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just, everyone should try this, right? You know, you show the proof, right? That's what you did with the budget. That's what you showed what, Hey, if we pay this off, we can do X. And then you tied it to a goal, tangible goal to work towards. And it made it almost exciting, right? It almost, yeah. you know, almost made it like a game. Like, Hey, if you, if we beat this, you get this right. And you know, that's how you incentivize behaviors right towards that. And I love, I love that you, you know, kind of thought out the box and like included, you know, your husband's dreams in there. And that's how you got on board. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of like took turns when we're writing out those long-term goals. The first big goal actually was a vehicle for me. And we had been sharing a vehicle for an insane amount of years. We had three kids and we're still like doing one vehicle because we were just so broke at the time. So the first thing was actually my car. The second thing was his boat. But so we kind of like took turns and like, what, this is what I want. This is what you want. This is what I want. And now we've done it for so long where it's, we don't have to go back and forth. It's like, okay, what do we want? Because we're so much on the same page, but it didn't start like that. And that's okay. You know, as long as we're kind of like, all right, your turn. Okay. My turn. <laughs> and we kind of, we kind of went back and forth and yeah, after a little while, he's like, oh, there's something to this, you know? And the really crazy thing, what I always encourage people to do is when you're making this long-term goals list, put dates next to them, put money amounts next to them. And what's really cool is you're going to look back in five or 10 years and now I look back at our original goals list and we beat those goals by years. I mean. We're to the point now that we were just now supposed to have that truck of his dreams. And he's had it for like almost three years now. According to you know our original goals list, we were just now supposed to be having those things. And we crushed those goals by years, years. And so that's really fun to look back on too. And just kind of see it happens a lot faster than you really think when you finally get intentional with it. Yeah. Oh, intentional. <laughs> intentional. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get intentional. My favorite word. <laughs> Art too. So, yes, yes. so you started a budget, you know, to tackle, to start tackling this debt. Were there any other methods or tactics that you used to really get control of the debt? So the craziest thing we did, and sometimes people don't want to hear like the real crazy thing because your family and your friends are going to think you're insane probably at some point. But we the biggest thing we did was we sold our house. Well, we actually sold all of our real estate. I said at the beginning, we had three pieces of real estate. And we live in the middle of nowhere, East Texas. Like It's not uncommon for people's houses to sit on the market for a year or two. Like We, just, we have a terrible real estate market here. And so selling a house is not just like, oh, flip a switch next week, it'll be sold. Like That's not what happens here. So we put everything up. We put our all of our real estate up for sale. We sat for years waiting for things to sell and really, okay, when it sells. And so that's what we did. We ended up, we sold our raw land, our commercial land. 
that took a while. We sold our old house. We really, we basically just broke even on it. We really didn't make a profit on that because we were like, just get out of here. I don't want to pay for it anymore. And then the final thing was the house that we were living in. It was our big house. It was like 3,200 square feet. It was gorgeous. My parents actually built it to be their forever home. Then my dad passed away and my mom was like, hey, do you guys want to take it over? You know, it was supposed to be their forever home. And she's like, let's keep it in the family. And we were like, oh, sure. No big deal. We can afford two houses in our 20s which was really dumb. But we eventually got to the point where we're like, this isn't really our dream. And if we're going to be in debt, it's going to at least be for our dream house. And so we sold it. It was a huge... You can imagine what kind of strain that put on the rest of the family because they were like, you were supposed to keep this in the family. And we were like, this isn't our dream. So we sold it. And we have been renting a two-bedroom, one-bathroom house for about four and a half years now with our three kids and our dog and our cat. (laughs) And we homeschool. We're home like 90% of the time. And we live in like not a great side of town. It's safe, but it's, you know, not the desirable side of town. It's cheap. And we've saved an insane amount of money, you know? And sometimes people don't want to hear that, that sometimes you have to kind of start over. And that's what we did. We sold all of our real estate and we've been renting. And being able to rent this tiny cheap house is a game changer. We were able to really front load a lot of our investments and kind of get back on track to now where we're kind of coasting towards financial independence. And then about two years ago, we bought our land and we're like, hey, we're going to... Now we bought our land... We're back in debt again, but now it's at least for our dream. And then we're a couple of months away from starting to build our dream house. Wow. And yeah. kind so, of, so you yeah. purchased 18 acres, right? Of land. We did. Yes, we did. What? I know that's a crazy amount of land, <laughs> like for any <laughs> for you guys or you know, anyone in um anyone oh, like East Coast or well, anything like that. How big is this dream house going to be on 18 acres? <laughs> it's it's only like a, it's going to be like about 2,800 square feet. It's, it's a medium-sized house, you know, but 18 acres, yeah, yeah. Which, you know, honestly, it, we only went into debt about 130,000, 120,000 for 18 acres. Yeah. And do that in the Northeast. In the yeah, State. no. <laughs> so what made, what, why did you decide that you wanted 18 acres? So we've just always wanted kind of, for one, we're introverts. Like we want to, we're, we're going to build our house right in the middle of that property. Like we want no visible neighbors. (laughs) We want our kids to be able to run. We want our dog to be able to run, you know, and we've had this land for almost two years now. And we, we go out there, you know, there's no electricity out there yet. There's no water out there yet. But we go out, we, you know, we build a fire. We, our kids have a go-kart that they get to like drive around and make trails and stuff. We kind of go out there and hang out, but we've been kind of the past couple of years saving up now for the down payment on our construction loan. So it's happening slowly. It's happening in phases. It's very hard to be patient, but we're like, we're trying to do it right this time. We're trying to not rush into it. And it's going to be like an oasis. It's going to be insane. 
to be out there wow, that's all the time. Amazing. I love, yeah. I mean, I love that. And I think, you know, just the message out of what everything that you said is that sometimes you do have to make the hard choices. You know, it, like if you have a goal, of, especially a financial goal, you know, sometimes, you know, our income isn't enough, right? You know, to just tackle all of our debt or help us start investing. And so we have to make the choices that are going to put us in a position where we can really win. And so, you know, downsizing your home, I know that wasn't easy, especially as a mother of three girls, right? You know, just making that choice when you have kids and it's like, you know, a lot of times, especially in our age group, you know, you're, you're like, oh, this is the time to start going upward. You get the bigger house. Like you're not supposed to go backward, right? In terms of, you know, all of the, the advancements that you're supposed to be making, right. As you're, as you're getting older. And so I I think, you know, just for our listeners, you know, like what are some of those those hard choices that you can make, you know, that might be a little uncomfortable for you, but that would put you in a better position long-term. Oh yeah. You're going to get some raised eyebrows. I mean, we moved from a 3,200 square foot house that was insanely gorgeous. I mean, it was the kind of house that when people come over for the first time, they stop and they're like, wow, this is your house. (laughs) You know, it was pretty to this like 600 square foot kind of crappy. I don't know. It was built in like the forties. You know, we don't even have a dishwasher. Our laundry's all our laundry's outside. <laughs> you know, kind of house. And people were like, "Y'all, y'all okay?" Like, <laughs> you know, we we heard from our family and friends like, "Y'all are there is no way y'all are going to stay in this house." And we've been here for four and a half years. You know, people don't want to hear sometimes that kind of advice. That sometimes you have to be a little uncomfortable to get to where you are. But also, my husband's going to be able to retire at fifty. So. You got to you gotta kind of take the good with the bad. And we're like, we're focused on the long-term. And actually, honestly, these past four or five years have been the happiest years of our entire lives. I mean, our marriage has thrived. Our kids are closer than ever. I mean, it's just been the best. And so sometimes you have to do things that are a little crazy. Sometimes you have to raise a couple eyebrows in the family. People like kind of whisper about you behind your back, but you're like, that's fine. I'm going to be a multimillionaire one day. So we'll talk then. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. All right. Yeah. You know, one of the things. And then they ask you how you did it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. You know, how was it? What was it like for your children? Because, you know, a lot of, you know, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are like, you know, I have kids and I can't, I can't really make those choices, you know, like how is it going to impact them? Like, what has it been like for your daughters to, you know, have, you know, these transitions and these lifestyle changes? Yeah, our little two were so little and they're they're our middle daughter is like she's so easy go with the flow. She's like, "Oh, whatever. That's fine. Cool." You know, and our youngest, she was a baby, so she doesn't know the difference. Our oldest, she's our diva. She's a little bougie, you know, and she's had a lot of like she'll tell us every once in a while, "I just miss the old house. Like I miss having my own room. I miss this kind of stuff." And so we have those conversations with my baby. I do too. But, and we'll kind of like refocus her to like the big picture. And we're like, you know, the average person doesn't like have a boat. Like the average person, their dad is not going to get to retire like at 50 years old. And we kind of, we try to like focus her on the big picture. And of course, you know, that's hard for a kid. Like she's 10. That's hard to understand. And we just keep refocusing. We're like, okay, we know you got to understand, like we're doing this for the best. And there are a couple of times where she kind of like resents us a little, where she's like, man, I just wish I had my own room. I just wish this, I wish that. And we're like, okay, yeah, but do you want to go to the lake on our like paid for boat? And she's like, oh yeah, I do. (laughs) Okay. 
you know, so it's kind of just having those conversations and trying to live out loud in front of our kids and explain to them. They might not fully understand, but we've got to do our best to explain it to them. And hopefully in the end, it'll turn out for the best. Yeah, no, I mean, they have a, a dream home being built soon. So she'll be, she'll get her room In back 18 soon, acres, right? right? Yeah. She'll get her own. <laughs> oh, yeah. And she tells us all the time. She's like, I just can't wait to have my own room. That's all she's focused on. But I think when she looks back, you know, when she's like 30 or 40, she'll get it. And it'll be worth it, you know, especially when her dad is able to retire at a decent age. And, and we're not putting, we're not going to put a financial burden on her ever. Like we're not, we're not depending on her for our retirement. You know, we're going to help her through college or, you know, starting a business or whatever she wants to do in the future. And she'll look back and I think she'll be okay with it in the end. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Yes. I think, yeah. you know, just bringing kids along on like the goals of the family, like that's something that we want to encourage too, right? You know, just helping them see the big picture, helping them see the long-term plans of what you as a family are trying to achieve and how, you know, ultimately it's going to be good for them too. Like, like you said, like that you're going to be able to pay for their schooling or help invest in a business idea that they have. And that's powerful, you know, like that changes the whole, your whole family legacy, you know, like just being in that position where you can contribute financially in a healthy way to your children. Yeah. 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 And we, we, we just did a vision board with our daughter, right? She's two. <laughs> She's two. And, you know, we had her goals on there too. And I think it's just more of, you know, starting early and teaching them early. So oh, yeah, I want to ask you, like, what are some lessons or what are you teaching your daughters about money? Yeah. So interestingly, I, you know, I said my middle daughter just had her birthday and she didn't really ask for any toys. So she ended up with a lot of cash and she got 80 bucks in cash, like collectively from aunts, uncles, grandparents. And she's our money girl. And we always tell her that she's a magnet to money because this kid, I kid you not, will find a coin every single time she leaves the house. And so we've kind of put that affirmation in her head of, your magnet to money is like money loves you. And so she'll say it back. And she's like, of course I found a penny because money loves me. And she is, she is. And she manifests this money. It is insane. But when they're kids, they don't question it. They're like, oh, mama said that I'm a magnet to money. So I must be cool, you know, and she can find money. And so she got all that cash. And I was like, she asked me what she could buy with it. I was like, yeah, you can buy some stuff with it. Cause she wanted to buy, you know, upgrades for her video games and all that. And I was like, but I'm going to put some of it in your savings account. Okay. And she's like, okay. And she's like, where is my money anyway? And I was like, well, it's at the bank. And like, I explained all this to her and I was like, actually they pay you money every month for letting them borrow your money. They hang on to it. And they're like, Hey, thanks Izzy for letting us borrow your money. Here's a couple extra dollars. And she's like, what? They pay me money? And she was, her little mind was blown and she's like on board with it. She's like, I can make more money. This is awesome. You know, so just little moments like that, explaining it in ways that they can understand. You know, our oldest is constantly wanting to buy things. She had this idea. She wanted to start a YouTube channel. So she wanted to buy a video camera. And she hustled and she made that $100 to buy that video camera. She worked at my grandparents' business. She sold like lemonade and cookies to their customers. She did extra chores around the house, you know, and we got her like a debt-free chart to like color in to save up. And she saved up that $100. 
you know, just little stuff like that, that is just moments of, you know, teaching them in a way that's, you know, you don't always have to just sit down and like have a textbook conversation with them. It's in life. It's the everyday. How can I take five extra minutes and explain this to her in a way that she'll understand? And I think that's the way that it gets into their subconscious. It's not a lecture. It's not a boring, you know, conversation. It's just a, hey, we're just talking about life. And so it's a lot of that kind of stuff and just taking those extra five or 10 minutes to explain, hey, the bank pays you, (laughs) (laughs) you know, things like that. Exactly. You know, I, I love that you're like involving them in the money conversations and, you know, just just sharing, you know, showing them, right? Like how, you know, how to manage their money, even like through their allowance, their allowance yeah. and birthday money. I think it's so important to just start those money lessons early. I know a lot of us weren't taught about money early on. And so I think the best thing that we can do for our children is to show them how to manage money, what a budget is, include them in goal setting for your family. And, you know, so that they can, you know, just get the tools that they need. So when they're our age, you know, they'll be even more successful, you know? So awesome, awesome, awesome. So Sammy, what's next for Sunny Side Up Life? Like you have this amazing platform where you're helping thousands of women just get control of money, learn how to budget. What's next for you? Yeah. So a lot of the same, you know, I've been doing one-on-one coaching, which is the most rewarding thing ever to me. I had a client who was just finishing, she was on, we were on our last call together and she was like, okay, well, before, before our call's over, like, what could I pass on to my parents? And so she's like going on to the next, like, she's going to help her parents set up their budget. She's going to help her little brother set up his budget. And I got off the call and I told my husband, I was like, this is insane. Like we're not like, I'm not just helping my clients. My clients are going on and helping their family, their friends, their coworkers. This is crazy. So a lot of, I want to continue to do one-on-one coaching. I also have my own podcast, which I've been doing. The podcast is is just kind of for fun. I just usually take like, it's a little short, like 15 minute episodes of me just thinking out loud a lot of times, but it's super fun, you know, and just continuing to grow on Instagram. I've been having a lot of fun doing reels and there's so much fun to do. And so just, just that, you know, trying to reach the woman that I used to be five or 10 years ago, trying to reach that mom who feels overwhelmed and alone and like, there's no hope and trying to show her hey, there's a better way and actually we can do this and I can help you. And so, yeah, that, that's kind of my goals right now. That's amazing. Now, you, you are definitely an inspiration, you know, like to a lot of women. So we're excited to see what's up next for Sunny Side Up Life. Yes, yes. Thank you for just sharing your story. Lastly, I just had like, out of all of your financial journey with you, your husband and your family, like what's the biggest lesson that you learned? Oh, I've learned my biggest thing, I think, is that, you know, a lot of people say life is so short and they use that as a reason to kind of like YOLO, let's spend all our money, you know, that kind of thing. I think about it the opposite way. I think life is so short. We only get one life. Let's do our best with the life that we're given. Let's do our best with the time that we have for sure go like chase every crazy dream that you have embarrass yourself who cares you know try it don't be afraid to fall on your face don't be afraid to record a, a stupid reel <laughs> and have fun with it you know don't be afraid to raise some eyebrows and move into a tiny rent house because life is so short so do 
those desires that are in your heart and make the best of the life that you've been given and just go with it. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Sandy, yes. that was great. So great. <laughs> so for our listeners who want to keep up with you and sunny side up life, like where can they connect with you? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram at a sunny side up life. I, of course I have my podcast. I have YouTube. I have all that stuff. And Instagram's probably my most active platform. It's the best. I'm pretty addicted to it. So that's really the best way to keep up with me. Yes. I see you post all the time. And I'm like, how are you able like now knowing your story that you're a mom, that you're homeschooling, <laughs> like, like, how are you? <laughs> I do. I do, have, I do have an amazing team. Like I two girls on my team and like, they're my best friends and they're amazing. And so, yeah, I have a lot of help, so I'm not going to pretend like I do it all by myself, but yeah, you know, I have a lot of fun with it. And honestly, like my job is my hobby in a lot of ways. And I actually get kind of grumpy if I can't work. <laughs> so <laughs> I love it. It is, you know, it's fun. That's cool. Yes, that's cool. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, yes, thank really you guys so much for having story. me. Thanks. Yes. Thanks so much, Sammy. Thank you for tuning into this episode. If you like what you heard, hit the subscribe button and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram at Rich by Intention for money tips and inspiration.